All right, what if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job? Choose Express Employment Professionals, and that is exactly what you're going to get. They can help you find work in any industry. With just one interview at Express, you have a connection to endless jobs. Whether you want a contract job, a new full-time role, or a summer job, choose Express Employment Professionals. Express has more than 860 locally owned locations and no fees for job seekers. Visit ExpressPros.com today to find a location near you. Summer is upon us, and whatever you have going on, a vacation, a staycation, a summer wedding, well, Macy's has you covered. If you need summer dresses, matching sets, volume sleeve tops, wedges, straw-crafted bags, I mean, really, they have what you need head to toe. I'm talking Levi's, Dolce Vita, Lacoste, and more. So shop summer must-haves at Macy's. Go to Macy's.com slash style. Again, that's Macy's.com slash style. All summer, the best time of the year usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there was another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. At IKEA, everyone can have lounge chair access. No reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, They have all of the essentials that you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. Life ain't always pretty, but hey, it's pretty beautiful, thing. Laugh a little more, thing. Tight, tighten up your core, thing. Said EK, you're kicking it with four things. With Amy Brown. Happy Thursday, four things. Amy here. And my guest today is my friend Camille Austin, which we were on my sister's HGTV show together, but we've known each other way before that. I'm just saying if, if anybody watched that episode of the Nashville version, because a lot of their, or all of their other renovations have been in Colorado. Camille and I are the the Nashville episode. We're the outliers. Uh, from season two. So you can stream that on HBO Max if you missed it. Does our episode have a title? Uh, yes. it's uh, River runs through uh, yes, it. Yes. Because Camille lives on a river yeah. here in Nashville. And so that episode brought us back together, but we've known each other for years because you used to work in the music business yep. and you would come in on the Bobby Bone Show with artists. And uh, then suddenly Camille's no longer in music. She has <laughs> left and started her own business. And I remember I was at a flea market and I look over and I see a booth and I'm like, ah, there's Camille. Yep. So you were there doing your thing. And I thought it would be fun to bring you on to share some of that story and what that journey has been like. And, you know, as the year is is wrapping up and we're headed into 2024 and people are thinking about, you know, what did I do with my life this year? What do I want to do with my life next year? It's just a time of reflection and then also looking forward. And I think that you're such an encouraging story of sometimes you may not know what you're doing, but if you have an idea and you've, it's something that you think is going to fill your cup up, you just got to go for it. Yeah, I mean, just roll the dice. I, I say that now in hindsight, but I know it's not that easy. <laughs> roll the dice. and But you rolled the dice on yourself and that you've done. And so how many years ago was that that you left the music business? Or I'll go ahead and just throw it to you and you can start wherever you see fit of like kind of how you were able to even make the tr- transition from New York to Nashville and then from, or Jersey, but you also lived in the yeah, Manhattan yeah, yeah, too, yeah. right? Yep. And then working in the music business to then being an entrepreneur. Yeah, so I think we actually came to Nashville like not too far apart because I moved to Nashville in 2012. Yeah, and I was uh, February 13. Yeah, yeah. I remember actually when you guys came, it was like a wrestling match. They had this like big press conference and there was like music and you guys like all came out and it was like the Bobby Bone show is here. Yeah, there was like, artists yeah. there. And yeah, people from the industry, they just wanted a way to introduce us because yeah, yep. we were coming into 
a place where we had no idea if it was going to work or we were going to get booed out. <laughs> yeah, I remember it. It was it was uh, it was at the Country Music Hall of Fame, I think. Um, but anyway, so yeah, I um, I'm born and raised in New Jersey. Lived there pretty much my whole life. I went to college there. Um, right out of school, I got a job in New York at a record label. It was like my dream job, and I just thought like, all right, I I did it. Like fresh out of school, you know, and I I did that for like six seven years and. I just started to really feel like maybe there was more that I needed to do. And I can't say that I knew what that feeling was at the time. I hadn't done a lot of like self-work or reading or anything like that. But I just definitely had this kind of like feeling, which now like people kind of call it like a knowing, you know. They were just kind of nagging at me every day. And I just I was in this job and I had a salary and a 401k and I just I wasn't happy. And so I started to think about, well, I've never left the tri-state area. You know, I, I lived in Jersey. I lived in New York. I thought, where can I go? And I visited LA. I visited San Francisco, Chicago. And it all just felt like, I mean, I'm living in New York. It's like the greatest city in the world. You know, what, what's going to compare to it? And I came to Nashville for one weekend and I stayed on a buddy's couch and I just immediately fell in love with it. And like, it was like from then on, I had this laser focus that I needed to get to Nashville but at the same time, I had this job and I had never quit a job before. I had never moved anywhere before. And uh, I was going through all of this and my apartment flooded in a hurricane. And I had just moved out of the Lower East Side of New York. I had moved into Jersey City right across the river. And I was just kind of like, maybe it's a sign, you know? <laughs> um, I've been worried about this lease and this job. And so my lease terminated. I got my deposit back. And that was in September of 2011. And I waited out the year to get my Christmas bonus <laughs> so I could save some money. And January 2nd or 3rd, whatever the first day back was, I walked into my boss's office and I, I put in my two weeks notice. And I had no job prospects. I, I didn't know what I was going to do, but I knew that I felt this like calling to Nashville and I'd been lucky enough to meet a couple like country artists that had come through the record label. And I really had connected with a few of them. So I moved here and I just started calling people up. And I was like, hey, will you give me a job? I I've never done management or road management before, but I'll figure it out. Yeah. So define the role you came into here. Yeah. I didn't even know like what that role was. You know, I knew that I was really good with people and like managing different personalities. And so a lot of people had said to me, you might be really good in management but you just don't pick up and get a job in management. You know, that's something people work really hard for. Because for an artist, the record label side and the management side are run by two different people. Yeah. And, so, and, and sometimes it's like knowing the difference of like if an artist has a team full of people and they don't all work for the same person. They right. work with the same <laughs> artists, but they sometimes may even be in opposition yeah. of what they think is best. So you do have to really work well with people. Yeah. And the way I always describe like management, day-to-day -day management, it's like a wheel and the artist is like right there at the center and you're like the hubcap when you're the manager. Do you ever say who you work for? I don't know. I don't Oh yeah. So when I moved here, I worked for an artist. His name was Brett Eldridge. And then I worked for him for like six years. And then Mr. Christmas, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Christmas. Since it's December. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's time to shine, you know? And, uh, and then I moved on to a company in town called Sandbox and I was day to day with Kelsey Ballerini. And that was like such a wonderful experience. It was like very fulfilling. I loved working with Kelsey, I loved working for Jason, who owns Sandbox. And honestly, after, you know, doing music, I started to have, or doing management, I, I had this incredible journey. I moved down here. I worked with Brett. We had all these number one singles. We got to tour with, like, Taylor Swift, Miranda, Blake, like, all the things that you just, you know, you dream of when you move to a town like Nashville. And I started to kind of have those same feelings that I had when I wanted to leave New York about music. And I just didn't know if it was like the job or the situation. There was a lot of things, you know, going on behind the scenes. So I kind of thought after, you know, we stopped working with Brett, I thought, okay, I'm going to give this one more try. And that's when the job with Kelsey came up. And she was one of the very few people on my like short list of people that I was like, if I'm going to do this again, this is who I would want to work for. And it came up very serendipitously. Again, it was felt like a very, like, the universe is, is putting this thing in front of me. I reached out to them. They had actually already hired someone. And so that 
was happening. I thought, oh, well, it's not going to happen. And then two months later, that didn't work out. They called me back. And, like, I just came into this this job. And, like I said, it was a dream. I mean, Kelsey wasn't even nearly as busy as she is now, but she was still doing very well. And, like, I really enjoyed her as a person, and it was a great experience. But around that time, my dad got diagnosed with lung cancer. And I think that's just, I mean, you know, just as well as anybody, that's one of those things that really just, like, it'll knock you right into perspective, right. you know? And I had just met Kevin, my husband, and that's when I started to really... So what year is this? So I started working for Kelsey at the beginning of 2019. Everything you're explaining right now is in the last five years. Yeah, last five years. I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> when you, A lot like, has happened. Like, what is time? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I worked for Kelsey for all of 2019. My dad was sick. I was flying back and forth. It was a bit of a roller coaster. He went into remission, and then he came back. But around the end of 2019, I was really like, I think I'm just done with all of this, you know? And it was so emotional for me because I loved working for Kelsey. And, like, I loved the whole crew. Like, her tour manager, Dustin, is, like, still one of my best friends to this day. That was the first time that I really had to be like, okay, like, it's not you, it's me. And that's such a weird thing to say. It sounds so cliche, but I just, it was me. And I just wasn't the right person she had so many opportunities coming her way, and I just wasn't able to give all of myself anymore. And so around that time, I, again, this was like the end of the year. I don't know what it is with me in like the end of the year. That's when I like can get my nerve up enough. That's kind of fitting that we're recording this at the end <laughs> yeah. of the year. Well, too, like I'm a Enneagram 9, so I'm like, they say you live half your life as like one of your wings and half your life as the other. And I was really in my like perfectionist, people pleaser sort of wing. And so like making a decision for myself was really, really hard. But um, I mean, when I called them to like put in my notice, I was like bawling on the phone and like my dad was really sick. And that was, he subsequently ended up only being alive for like a couple more weeks after I made that phone call. And so it was just a really emotional time for me. But yeah, so that was <laughs> January of 2020 that I put in my notice. And I just kind of thought, well, you know, if I, if I think I made a mistake, I can always go back to music, you know? And then obviously uh, my dad passed away at the end of January. And that was in ways like obviously very leveling, but also very relieving because he was suffering. And I just like, that wasn't something that I, any of us wanted to go through anymore. But my dad was like, that was like my, my best friend, my dude, you know? And so it was very, very hard for me. And I also felt like I couldn't be working for somebody else in the way that a manager does. Like, I couldn't give that capacity to anyone with, like, where I was in my life. All right, I want to tell you about something really awesome that Macy's is doing. It is currently Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. And Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now, online and in-store. For the entire month of May, you can join Macy's in supporting AAPI-owned fashion brands. Plus, you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or simply round up in store to APIA scholars. Now, APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. And Macy's has made it super easy. You can just round up your purchase to the nearest dollar at checkout to support APIA Scholars, which is an educational nonprofit. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. Again, that's Macy's.com. You're going to be doing some shopping anyway. Why not round up and give back? That's Macy's.com or in-store. All right, so I've been saving on shopping this year by only buying new clothes when I've sold some clothes that I no longer wear. And what this has done is it's forced me to be super wise when I'm adding clothes back into my closet. I want to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and that's where Quince comes into play. You can go see for yourself all the awesome stuff they have, especially for summer right now, like European linen dresses and blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, 14-karat gold jewelry, so much more. And if you're like me, you're like, hmm, this just seems too good to be true. Well, what Quince does is they partner directly with top factories and they cut out the cost of the middleman and they pass the savings on to us. So we are getting things for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. For example, I'm literally looking on their website right now at this 
open knit cover up maxi dress that'll be great for the summer, 100% organic cotton, and it's $49.90. It could retail for $148, so that's 66% savings. And with warm weather here, you need to check out Quince. All you got to do is go to quince.com slash Amy for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Amy. You're going to get free shipping. Again, 365 day returns. That's quince.com slash Amy. I don't want to waste my time taking vitamins that aren't really going to do much for me. Like I want research. I want to know like, hey, this is actually doing something for my body. And Ritual knows this. That's why they conducted the research. They've done clinical trials on their Essential for Women 18-plus multivitamin. The results, well, it increased vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in just 12 weeks. And as a woman, I want healthy vitamin D levels and omega-3 levels. And all I got to do is take my Ritual Essential for Women 18 Plus Multivitamin every morning. I take them on an empty stomach, but sometimes if I forget, I may take them in the afternoon. It's really up to you when you want to take them. There's nine key nutrients in two delayed release capsules. And what the delay release capsules does for us is it optimizes our body's absorption of these nutrients. It's gentle on the empty stomach. Like I said, I can take it first thing in the morning and I'm totally fine. And with a minty essence in every bottle, it actually makes taking your vitamins enjoyable. No more shady business. Ritual is essential for women. 18 plus is a multivitamin that you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash four things. Start ritual or add essential for women. 18 plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash four things for 25% off. So yeah, January 2020, put my notice in. Kelsey had an album coming out March 20th of 2020, which ended up being like a very not good time to have a record coming out. Shout out COVID. <laughs> yeah, shout out COVID. And so, you know, the world started to shut down. And so my actually like my last month of work in the music industry ever was like, it was very anticlimactic. My last meeting was like a Zoom call and I was like, I guess I'll see you guys later. Yeah. <laughs> But then at that point, did you know you were going to be starting NB Goods? No, I had no idea. Okay, which we didn't mention the company, how she is an entrepreneur now. And it's a, a company called NB Goods. You've heard me talk about it before. Keneals, she actually has on one of her awesome trucker hats now and some of her crew socks, which I bought those brown, the brown striped crew yeah. socks. I wear them all the time now. I yeah. got to come back and get, I don't know what other colors are available, but I need them all. I mean, you, I think you posted about them and, and broke the internet. Like every, I mean, they're, they're so comfortable and like, they're all I wear now too. So they're, they're great socks. They're amazing. We have a trucker hat, a part of the giveaway that is going on right now from the gift guide episode uh, that went up last Sunday. And then this Saturday, so in like two days, I'll be picking a winner. There's so many amazing things in this giveaway, but I see your hats everywhere now, not only just online, but all throughout town. They're just definitely have a stamp of approval from so many people. The one you're yeah. wearing right now is United States versus Bruce Springsteen. Yes, yes. <laughs> which I want you to explain that in a minute because okay. I don't yeah. know what that is about. It's very, it's very pro Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, so I, I, I always had like a very gender neutral sense of style and I was always very picky about what I wore. One of the big things when I left my job was I knew I had probably about like six months before I really needed to start like figuring out what I was going to do like financially. I had sort of prepared myself and I just really needed that time to like open up my brain. It's so hard when you're like, you know, you, you hear these stories about people trying to change their lives and you're like working these jobs and, and it's just so hard to make any decision like that when you're you're so in it where they say you can't see the forest for the trees and I really felt that way I felt like I couldn't possibly consider what I wanted to do next without just taking a step back and so I bought like an embroidery machine you know Kevin my husband he trains dogs and we kind of thought like oh we'll like customize dog stuff and we'll give it to your customers or Whatever. We were, you know, embroidering jackets. Like, Had you ever sewn before? So my mom is an incredible seamstress. But it was one of those things where, like, as a kid, she would always try and teach me stuff, and I had no patience for it. But a couple years ago, I had asked her to send me one of her old sewing machines. So I had one lying around. And so that's when I started to dabble with the banners, like the banner that, you know, I did for you that's on the show. 
Qué bueno. Qué bueno, yeah. I well, and you do like the little banners um, for Luke Combs's merch, right? Yeah, so we did, we ended up doing some, like Luke Combs did this whole stadium tour this year and they wanted every show, like kind of when you were a kid and like you would travel and get a pennant. They gave everyone on the crew a pennant for each stadium show. Okay. So at the and end, then yeah. Thomas Rhett had a new jacket for each city he was in that you did. Yeah. Episode. And then Nate was on, say his last name? Bargetsy. Bargetsy. Yes. He was on Saturday Night Live and wanted to represent Old Hickory, Tennessee yep. with that zip code. And his team called him. I just saw the video of you like sewing. Yeah. So I'm picturing you. I'm like, gosh, you know, just a few years ago, yeah, you weren't even behind a sewing machine. And there you were like last minute making Nate like multiple yeah. hoodies because you had no idea what size he was going to need. You know, you get a shot and you just have to like go in and go for it. Yeah. Like you could have maybe not fully had your thinking cap on and been like, okay, Nate's probably a large. I'll whip one up and send it. But then what if like that didn't work? Yeah. And then you run the risk of him being like, ah, I can't wear it. Right. So you were like, all right, I'm going to do three different sizes or however many, and I'm going to stay up, I'm sure, all night sewing them, making them happen. Yeah. Uh, and then ship them out and cross the fingers and we'll see what happens. And sure enough, there he is on Saturday Night Live wearing your hoodie. And that was one of those things that I, I don't think I even had time to really think about what that meant. You know, my friend Amber, Amber is a wonderful stylist in town. She styles a bunch of country artists and comedians. And I've known Amber pretty much since I moved here. And she has had a couple projects that she's called me about because that's the thing about what I do is I have this brand that's like a retail brand, but also I just, I mean, a credit to like every step that you take puts you in a certain position. Like so many of these music things or celebrity things that I've been able to do, it's all calls from friends, you know, and the music industry is obviously, as you know, very last minute. And so these things come up. And I have like an understanding of what they are and what the situation is. And so when they call me, I'm like, cool, I get it, you know? And so it's very easy for me to work with artists and their management teams because I understand where they're coming from. And usually like I understand what the end goal is. So yeah, she called and she's like, we're not going to be able to see him before the fitting. And I'm like, I totally understand that. And so she was like, I think we need to do a bunch of different hoodies and she was like, I'm going to get four that like I know he likes. And then I was like, well, I have these two that I know work really well, like with the felt. And so we just like put together this thing and sent it up there. And yeah. And it's also a thing where it's like, I know that sometimes, oh, maybe he just decides he doesn't want to wear that or whatever. So I didn't like talk about it or get my hopes up. And then the next, I didn't even, I didn't even stay up. I watched it the next morning. And I was like, whoa, there it is. And it was just like this surreal experience you know because i've been with artists to not to snl but to like the same floor there's like i can't remember whether it's fallon or seth myers that films on the same floor but we've been in that space and i don't know it was just like a really cool full circle moment yeah. but yeah i can't hem your pants but i could sew a straight line so you got like, an embroidery yeah. machine we'll go back to to 2020 when you yeah we're going to make dog stuff. Yeah. Basically. We're going to make dog stuff. We're going to embroider things for dogs. Yeah. yeah. And it just, it started turning into like this funky little custom business. Like it was, I was buying all these machines, heat presses, embroidery machines, sewing machines. And I was just kind of figuring out what can I do with these that I can sell? You know, I was sewing masks during the pandemic. I was dyeing bandanas, like just anything. I was selling stuff on Etsy. Like I was just trying to figure out what that business was going to be. And in the meantime, I had taken a part-time job at a cookie shop that's in the shopping center where my shop is now. It's a shop at Puerto Rico. It's a place called Hi-Fi Cookies. And while I was just working part-time at Hi-Fi, working the register, someone said, oh, there's a shop opening up in the shopping center. Like a space. A space, MTV, yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh, man, I can never do that. I'm not like a real business. I found out how much the rent was, and it was like very manageable. And I just said, well, I'll put an application in. And I just thought, oh, there's got to be so many people that will apply that are so far ahead of me in having a business. I mean, I barely had a website. And luckily, like everyone who was in front of me, there was already like a competitive business in the space. And so uh, they gave it to me. And I honestly couldn't believe it. I was like, oh, I guess I have a store now. Like, <laughs> Brick and mortar. Here we go. Yeah. And I, I, I didn't go the reverse route. Like I didn't have a strong online following. I feel like the store actually gave me a lot of legitimacy like to be able to build the business. So yeah, I just started thinking like, what am I going to fill this shop with? And I've always worn hats, like since I was a kid. I played tennis when I was young and like you're always out there, you wear a hat like because it's sunny or whatever. So I just always wore hats. 
And so, yeah, I had, a, I had some banners, I had some apparel, and then I started doing trucker hats. And that, that was really, like, when things started to get, like, oh, this is, like, a real thing and people are into it. So do you, you know? do all the designs yourself? You know, in the beginning, I literally, like, designed everything myself. I didn't On even, what? Like, <laughs> I didn't even know how to use Photoshop when I started this business. Like, and that's a big thing that I really try to impart on anyone who I talk to about my story. Like, I know you hear people say this, but, like, I had and still have very little idea of what I'm doing. I used to think that you had to be, like, Bill Gates or Steve Jobs. That like, that was what an entrepreneur was, you know? And meeting my husband, who owns his own businesses, and, like, having friends like Amber, who's a stylist, or people that work for themselves, it really taught me that, like, these are just people doing stuff, and that is what owning a business is. And so it gave me sort of, like, the courage and perspective to just say, all right, I'm going to do this. And every time I needed to design something, I would, like, YouTube how to do this in Photoshop. I learned everything from the internet and trial and error. YouTube is great. YouTube is amazing. Yeah. It's absolutely amazing. Yeah, so I don't have any design experience, but I do know that I have like a really strong sense of style. And when I have an idea- It's a vibe for sure. It's a vibe, it's yeah. A vibe. And that's what I think a lot of people are, are have been so supportive because I'm, I'm just like, this is it. Like, this is me 100%. You know, I mean, I'm wearing my overalls today. Like, I just, I've really settled into, like, the genuine and authentic part about this business is that it's me. Like, I don't make a single thing that I wouldn't wear that I don't, like, feel really good about putting my name on. So I get these ideas, and then I have, like, a very specific vision, like, almost immediately of, like, kind of what it needs to look like. And since I don't have a super strong design background, in the beginning it was really frustrating because I'm, like, I have this picture in my head and I can't figure out how to do it. And so some stuff like kind of fell short a little bit, but you know, now obviously I, I've been able to like work with some really great designers that are like super pros. And so I can kind of like get the idea out of my head and they can make it look really, really great. And then we go in together and like tweak it and get it to a point. But like the wild heart one, that one like came together on my own, the the rodeo club one that you, What's the number one selling hat? I feel like that's the one I, I see the most, but yeah. I also see United States versus Bruce Springsteen. I think it's probably a, a dead heat between the two. Those are for sure the two most popular designs. And the funny story about the the Bruce Springsteen hat is that actually it was like the first celebrity moment that I had that like really helped the trajectory of the business. Which what was that? I'm from New Jersey. I love Bruce Springsteen. Obviously, I'm, fi I'm finding a way to talk about him right now because I love him. So he did this Broadway show. It was maybe 2019, 2020. It was right before the Super Bowl. This thing came out that he had gotten, like, arrested. And it was like they were trying to charge him with a DUI. And so the whole story was, and this is really why I made the hat, is that if you live in Jersey, everyone has this, like, folklore of, like, oh, I saw Bruce at the ice cream place or, oh, I saw Bruce at the record store. And it's like this thing, like, because he's out. He doesn't like, he doesn't stay in his house. Like people run into him at bars and stuff like that. And so he was riding his motorcycle at this, it's a national recreation area in Jersey. He gets off his motorcycle and these people are like, holy crap, that's Bruce Springsteen. They're like, you got to take a shot with us. So he, he like takes like a little like fake shot with them and a park ranger pulls up. Gives them all tickets, tries to get him on a DUI. Obviously, he goes to court. The DUI is dismissed. Drinking and driving is no joke. So it's dismissed. That wasn't even a thing. But because it was a national recreation area, he had to go to federal court for his fine. And so there's an actual court case called the United States versus Bruce Springsteen. So if you Google it, it comes up. But the gist of it is that, you know, he just like is a regular dude. And I love that about him. And so... I heard that he was, like, making a joke about it on his broad in his Broadway show, and we were going up to see it. So I was like, I'm just going to make a hat, like, my own, and I'll just wear it, and it'll be, like, a fun thing. And then the more I wore it, I was like, man, I really like this. It has this thing about it that it looks old. It looks like something you've seen before. And so, again, this is when I go back to my, like, music marketing brain. There's a guy named Danny Clinch who's an incredible rock and roll photographer. He's taking pictures of everyone under the sun. But he's done a lot of work for Bruce. And his gallery is in Asbury Park, which is where my mom is from. My grandfather was a mailman in Asbury Park. I grew up going to the boardwalk as it was, like, becoming dilapidated. And anyway, Danny has been a really big part of the resurgence of Asbury Park. And so I said, I'm just going to send him a hat. 
So I just put it. I, I never, I never met him. You know, I never talked to him. So I put a hat in a box. I addressed it to the gallery and I sent it down there. And like three weeks later, I got this message in my inbox. It's like, we just opened this hat. Danny loves it. He wants two more because he wants to send one to Eddie Vedder and Bruce Springsteen. And I was like, <laughs> Dang. okay, yeah. And so like that next week, Eddie Vedder, uh, Pearl Jam, Lee Tinger Pearl Jam was playing in Asbury Park. Danny gave him the hat in person. And, you know, when something like that happens, you like think that someone's gonna be like, oh, that's cute. And then like, whatever. But Eddie ended up wearing it all day. And so there were all these photos of him wearing it. And then that's when like it went crazy. And I was like, my phone would not stop going off. I was getting orders and I was like, oh my God, this is a real thing is happening. Like, and it was such a cool thing. And and Danny and um, Tina, who who runs the gallery, like they've just become such good friends and, and they've like been so supportive of the business. And like, I, I wouldn't have a business right now if it weren't for people like that. And that's just a testament to like, I think a little bit of having a music background and a marketing background, but also like we just vibe because we're from Jersey. And I was like, my letter to Danny was very simple and very authentic. It was just like, I grew up going here. It was falling apart. And I'm so stoked that like someone like you is here to make it better again. And that was it. And then we made this connection. So it's also sort of, yeah, that um, going for it, having the idea and then just being authentic and then shooting your shot. Yeah. Like you knew it could go unopened and you may never hear a thing, but at least you sent it. Yeah. Because I think that's something too that sometimes people might be like, oh, this could be annoying or I don't want to, they don't want to deal with the fact that they may not open it or how do you see failure and how does failure show up in your storyline of like, were you okay if you knew you were going to fail at this or did you know, okay, I I can learn from this or were you like, failure is not an option or how, how do you see failure? All right, I want to tell you about something really awesome that Macy's is doing. It is currently Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. And Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now, online and in-store. For the entire month of May, you can join Macy's in supporting AAPI-owned fashion brands. Plus, you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or simply round up in-store to APIA scholars. Now, APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. And Macy's has made it super easy. You can just round up your purchase to the nearest dollar at checkout to support APIA Scholars, which is an educational nonprofit. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. Again, that's Macy's.com. You're going to be doing some shopping anyway. Why not round up and give back? That's Macy's.com or in-store. All right, if you want to look cute and feel comfortable at the same time when you're, you know, at a festival or concert because it's festival and concert season right now, it's got to be all about the boots. And Tacova's boots is where it's at. That is your stop before attending your next concert. I've loved my Tacovas. Anytime I wear them or I get a new pair, they feel comfortable on the first wear. I don't have to break them in. Tacovas has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. And all Tacovas boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition, which is super cool. They've got timeless styles that are always on trend. And really, you just got to stop by your local Tacova store, try them on for yourself, and see what I'm talking about. You can have a complimentary drink while you're there, shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service. Many stores have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized, which I love. And they've got regular live music and events. There's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey, it's Amy here to talk about the incredible work being done by St. Jude Children's Research Hospital and ask you today to join me in becoming a partner in Hope. 
When you make a donation to St. Jude, you're helping an organization that has helped push the overall childhood cancer survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. And I can tell you from personal experience, that number and the hope that it brings is invaluable. What they are doing at St. Jude is making a huge difference. It is full of joy there, which a lot of families need at that time. They don't need to be worrying about travel, lodging, food, everything is paid for at St. Jude so that families can focus on their child that has cancer. Your support means families never receive a bill from St. Jude. It's only $19 a month. And when you sign up, you'll get the new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. Join me in helping St. Jude in the fight against childhood cancer. Become a partner in hope at musicgives.org. That's musicgives.org. How do you see failure? I mean, I think my younger self was definitely afraid of failure. Like, I was always that person that's like, oh, I don't want to bother him. I don't want to do this, that, the other. But I think the older I've gotten and the more, like, I've I've gotten to know myself and just where I feel like I kind of stand in the universe, I'm like, yeah, well, I mean, what's the worst that could happen? You know, you certainly don't want to be, like, rude or overbearing. Like, I'm always very sensitive, especially, like, with artists that I've worked with before, like I never expect anything. I don't want to be like, oh, I worked with you. Like you're going to do something for me. Like that's not an expectation at all. And I'm, I'm usually like, I actually shy away from asking people I know for anything. It's like, if you want to wear a hat, like awesome. I love that you actually love it, but I'm not going to be like, hey, can you wear this? And can you post for me? And like, I just don't feel good about that. And I'd rather people just like the stuff and wear it I mean, like you, like you wear your hat all the time and I'm so appreciative of that. And I would never be like, oh, can you tag me? Like, and you do because you just want to. But I just think that there's like a lot of that going on in the world. And some kind of, sometimes it can get weird. And I'd rather just like have my friends be my friends, you know. But I appreciate the support, but it's not an expectation at all. And I think that when it's going to someone that I don't know, it's definitely just a like, yeah, if they open it and they think it's weird, then they just put it in the trash. And, like, I, I guess, like, I never hear about it. There's certainly hats that I've, like, given away and sent that I've never heard a thing about. And I'm totally fine with that. And the reward for me is more not even, like, selling the hats. It's, like, making the connection with someone. Because, I mean, not to go back to Bruce Springsteen, but I think that there's, like, this this connection that people have with him. And, like, when you connect in a genuine way like that, it's more than just, like, a piece of merchandise you know so you a fan of bruce springsteen i'm a fan of bruce springsteen <laughs> it's embarrassing like kevin will get in my truck and he's like did you know bruce springsteen's on the radio like, oh, so weird um, yeah bruce playing right now yeah but any hat you know the wild heart hat or or anything i just really it, it it blows my mind that i've made something and that people like it and spend their money on it you know and so i just always want to deliver Come from a place of gratitude. Yeah. I mean, I think you see this a lot too. Being a behind the scenes person in the music industry, that's all I ever wanted. Like I love being someone's like right hand. I love being back in the shadows. It's very unnatural for me to like step forward. And being a business owner, I've just had to do that out of utility. You know, when I started the business, I couldn't afford models. I couldn't afford social media people. I still can't really afford any of that stuff. And so a lot of what you get is me. And that has forced me to become more comfortable with showing up and allowed me to define like how I show up, which is me, you know, no makeup, trucker hat, overalls, like that's what you're going to (laughs) get. I love that you are your socials. You are the brand. Yeah, it's weird. That's like, it's just a weird thing for me because I I worked with artists and I see them be the brand and that's something that I always knew, but it's very weird to like now be in that position myself. I think it was after maybe Nate wore it on Saturday Night Live and then, you know, he had tagged you or you reposted you or something. And so obviously new people are coming to check you out. And I think you did a little like, hey, I'm Camille video. And it was so, I don't know if you'll, love this word or hate it, but it was precious because it was you and it was from the heart and it was like, Hey, cool. There's new people here. I want you to know, like, this is my business and this is what we do here. And it's me making your stuff. And this is my sandwich that I'm eating. You know, so like we had a meeting a couple weeks ago and I knew I was going to text you. I'm like, can I bring you a Sammy? Yeah. (laughs) Because I mean, you, because you are the brand, like we learn about you. Oh, Camille, eat sandwiches in her truck. That's what she's got time to do. So that's what I picture you 
doing is being a small business owner that's going around making connections, creating community, and grinding it out. Yeah. And that's what you got time to be in your truck listening to Bruce and Ina Sammy. Yeah, that's it. While you're delivering stuff or setting up stuff or doing, um, you know, a different, um, yeah, flea markets or trade shows or whatever it is yeah. that you do. So, you know, you touched on failing. Like, okay, if you're going to send something, you kind of got to shoot your shot. Well, don't have the expectation. What about as a business overall? Like if someone were thinking about looking into 2024 or even 2025 if they got some planning to do because obviously you had the six months of savings not everybody has that but you can start to build towards what your next move is going to be it doesn't mean you can walk away from your current situation tomorrow but maybe at some point next year you build up to where you can so that you can step into what you truly want to do but there's always that fear of like well okay what if this whole thing just flops totally what about Fear in a sense of, which you touched on, not knowing what you're doing. You just kind of got to figure it out and do it. But do you struggle with that still, even with the success that you have had, but knowing that this is still an operation, there's still, you're not done yet. You can't just throw in the towel. It's ongoing. So do you still struggle with like, oh, what if this whole thing just flops and I'm, I tried this whole thing and now I'm a complete failure? Yeah. I mean, I think that every day I'm like, when are the orders going to like tomorrow? My phone's just not going to be going off anymore. Like, I think it could happen at any moment. And I mean, obviously I've, I've built this thing that I'm really proud of and I think it can be consistent, but I think I always have, I mean, that, that fear kind of like drives me to think, you know, we live in a very, very fast society. And so I'm definitely not one of those businesses that's like new drop, new drop, new drop. Like I want to make things that people are going to appreciate and have for a long time. I understand the importance of like bringing new things and I try and like pepper those things in, but I don't push myself to to be like making new stuff every week. I just think that's unreasonable. And it's not the kind of economy that I want my business to be. But yeah, I think it's the same mentality that I had when I quit my job in New York to move to Nashville. I don't necessarily need to know exactly what my career is going to be. When I was moving, I was like, if I don't find a job right away, I'm totally fine getting a job, you know, a retail job. or Like you did at the cookie shop. Like I did at the cookie shop. I mean, I literally went from like... <laughs> working at a record label yeah. <laughs> in New York, then moving to Nashville, working with Brett Eldridge and then Kelsey Ballerini. And then, and I have goosebumps even saying that because I think sometimes we have to set aside the ego. That's what it is. It's any, if there's any ego of like, well, wait, I can't go work, work a cashier wherever it is. And those jobs are very important. Yeah. But when you've come from where and you don't know where you're going and then you have to do something in the interim yeah it's like being okay with whatever that is i drove i dude i drove amazon like i literally delivered amazon packages after i left the music industry because i was like one i didn't want to just like burn through my savings and two i'm not the kind of person that can really sit around and do nothing all day but like there were literal moments where i delivered amazon packages to like country music people that I knew. And I would be like on their ring cam, like doing a dance. Cause I'm like, what up? (laughs) But do you see how like where some people might be in that position, they might be like, oh shoot, I can't go up to their door. Yeah, Like I used to work with them or be on the road with them or doing things. And now, which all these jobs are important. I guess I'm just thinking of sometimes how our brains. No, I definitely like, Um, I will say the first time I got a package of someone I knew, I definitely had this moment of like, oh man, are they going to like, what are they going to think? Are they going to see me and be like, man, she really fell off. Like, cause when I left music too, it was weird timing because the pandemic did happen. A lot of people didn't know if like I got let go or whatever. And it was very much on my own terms. And so, but I also didn't feel the need to like broadcast that, that either. Yeah. And so I, I did have like a couple moments where I was like, oh man, what will people think? But I don't know. You just like got to get over it and do your job. You know, at the end of the day, what am I going to do? Like lose my my job because I don't want to go drop a package off on somebody's door because I feel like weird about it. You know, like, I don't know. It just. Yeah. Or I love too that you didn't even have to explain it. Yeah. Like at all whatsoever. Something else that I love that you do is the like surprise packages or what do you call them? (laughs) They're like grab bags or like (laughs) gift bags or whatever. So explain how that works. So part of my ethos too is like, I really don't like wasting a lot of stuff. And I've learned like owning a business that you do end up with stuff that maybe is like slightly imperfect that maybe I don't feel like I can put in the store, but I just have all this stuff. And so we do these grab bags where like you can, if you just want a trucker hat, you don't care what it looks like. Like it's still going to be cool, you know, but I don't know, maybe like one letter is like bent over or something. Uh, We do these grab bags where it's like 10 or 15 bucks and you just tell us if you want a hat or if you want like a t-shirt, you just tell us our size and I'll just like grab something off the shelf. 
And, and you uh, don't know what you're getting. So yeah, like, so surprise. whoever orders it, you don't know what you're getting. So you just kind of got to buy into like what we do and know that it'll be something from our catalog and you'll hopefully think it's cool. I also take a lot of pride in like when people get something and they're like, this is exactly what I wanted. I'm like, yeah. Nailed like, it. <laughs> nailed it, you know? And sometimes it's me picking it or sometimes it's like someone who's like, well, I have part-time workers or whatever, but I don't know. I just think it's like a fun thing. I, I really, my greatest joy is like the connections that I've been able to, not like connections, but like connecting, connecting. with people yeah. who are really like just excited about the brand, you know, because like I said, it still just blows my mind that anyone even pays attention to what I'm doing. More connection was one of my words for the year. Yeah. More connection, more work. And the more work wasn't just more work, work, things like work, work, diversifying my work, trying new types of work, yeah. challenging myself with work and also working on myself. Yeah. So work in a sense of that. It's so cool, like, to be open to stuff like that, too, you know? Like, I, I used to make a lot more banners in the business, and it's just something that's sort of, like, fallen to the wayside a little bit. And that's something that I've had to be okay with, like, you know what? That's just not where we're at right now, you know? Like, like I the still, banner you made me? Yeah, like the Came banner right I made you. It's like, Which, I, lo I love this. <laughs> Bobby's not going to listen to this. He won't hear it. Um, and if someone sends him a note, ugh, that would be weird. Um, but Camille is not christmas quite yet almost. i'm working on some um but camille's <laughs> making a banner that's my christmas gift to bobby they're these banners they're beautiful and then you get some framed and this is a really nice gift yeah and, and I, to me that's like fun now you know like so that's become something a little bit different from the business that like i just do in my in sort of my spare time when a, a the right project comes up you know so being open to letting the business I had I had such a like rigid idea in my mind when I started it like there were these businesses that I aspired to be like and I've really just like the last couple of months been trying to let myself just be like no this is whatever I want it to be you know I don't have to have these like markers and milestones and it's a very unnatural for me again to sort of like say I did this but it is like the one of the most fulfilling things is after working so long to truly like make someone else's dreams come true. Like you're behind them. You're doing everything in your power to, to accomplish their goal, to have any measure of success just completely on my own back has been incredibly fulfilling. You know, I always thought, Oh, maybe I'll meet this person or this person like via the music industry. And now I've like gotten to meet some of those people and talk to some of those people because of what I did. That's, crazy to me <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and feels like so good like it's so rewarding well Camille I have loved our chat so much I'm like you're welcome anytime we I mean Come on back. I feel like we've got hours more of yeah we could do um, <laughs> many more so you're welcome to come back anytime and MB Goods where can people let's give your yeah so um NB Goods uh, shop NB Goods is the Instagram that's in as in Nancy B as in boy shop NB Goods.com if you're ever in Nashville you want to visit the store we're over in East Nashville also just opened up a second business uh with a partner it's called Lucky Rabbit Candy we got a little candy we shop touch on that so that's I next know, time that's next time but anyway it's so, all right there in the same shopping center and uh why Nancy boy um, so NB stands for Neely's Bend, which is where we live and started the business. And originally I thought like the business would just be about like making our neighborhood cool. Obviously it's grown into so much more, but I kind of liked that it. It's a little mysterious. People kind of like, like to guess what it is. Like some people think it's not bad goods. Anyway, which it's fits, just, uh, they're not bad. They're not bad. They're not pretty bad. good. They're yeah. good goods. And then what's what the we website? <laughs> it's shopnbgoods.com. Okay. Shopnbgoods. Yeah. Left. And uh, yeah, it's my face on the Instagram. Yeah, go see what Camille, if you're listening, <laughs> even listening to her voice, go check her out, see what she looks like. And then um, let's wrap with uh, your favorite Bruce Springsteen song. Oh my gosh. This is you have to a pick one. very unfair question. Well, you get one. I am going to go with 10th Avenue Freeze Out uh, because it's a song that is about the relationship that he had with Clarence, who was his saxophone player. And not to get too deep, but like Clarence is black, Bruce is white. They were playing all these shows together, like in the 60s and 70s in this very tumultuous time. And they just have this very special relationship. And Clarence passed away. Like now when Bruce plays it, he does a little montage to him. 
And it's about a street that's like in Asbury Park where my mom is from. Okay, that's the one, Bruce. What about, since you've worked with Brett and uh, Brett Eldridge and Kelsey Ballerini, your favorite Brett song and your favorite Kelsey song? Okay. Well, you're thinking, because you might have to decide, my favorite Brett never made it to radio. Oh, same. Is it Bring You Back? Mm, oh, I like that, but got to get there. Oh. <laughs> that's because my kids love it. Well, I love it. We it's love like it. fun. It's well, got it's a little ditty. Yeah. One yeah. of our trips actually to Colorado to see my sister, and anytime we put it on now, which we get in the car, my kids will be like, put it on. They don't, they don't even, they say, they say, put me on a train. They yeah. don't even know, like, they are got to get there. They'll finally get to the title, but they don't, I don't even know if that they're like, they know it's Brett, but they're like, this always makes me think of Colorado. It's so great, but it's, yeah. Put oh, me on a train. That's awesome. Put yeah. No, mine is a song called Bring You Back. It was uh, on the first record. It was the title track to the first record and just never found a home, but it's a, uh, it's just an amazing song. And I was always like pushing for that to, to be, and I think Brett was too, but you know, just things worked out the way they did gosh kelsey honestly i mean this ep i wasn't working with her for it but this ep that she just put out is i mean it's great i know there's welcome a, matt yeah i mean i know there's a lot around it but for me just knowing her and knowing you know i don't know all of it but knowing a lot of what she's been through you know we're still close we still talk and i'm just like so excited for her and so excited for like this chapter in her life and she's just like just living for herself and uh I'm, I'm pumped for her so and so are you yeah 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 i mean you are i mean you're yeah you're i am doing your thing i am and it took like leaving her to do that for me and now she's doing it for herself so like i don't know it's cool we're just living over here you know huh. <laughs> this is awesome thank you so much for letting me come hang out with you yeah. well thank you camille and i hope y'all are having the day that you need to have and a lucky day a lucky day. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Ah, summer. The best time of the year usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there was another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. At IKEA, everyone can have lounge chair access. No reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, they have all of the essentials that you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. All right, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth that no matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you. And how you manage them can really make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through things. Now, BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. BetterHelp.com. Hey, it's Amy here to talk about St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. For 60 years, St. Jude doctors and researchers have helped push the overall childhood cancer survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. And we need your help getting that number to 100%. And most important, your support means that families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food. That peace of mind means so, so much for these families. So join me in helping St. Jude in this fight. Become a partner in hope at musicgives.org. That's musicgives.org.